Listen up, MoCast listeners. GoDaddy hosting plans are more powerful than ever. Best of all, plans start at just $3.95 a month. And no matter what plan you choose, your site receives 24-7 maintenance and protection in the GoDaddy.com world-class data center. Plus, as a listener of MuggleCast, enter code RON, that's R-O-N, when you check out and get your .com domain name for just $6.95 a year. Some restrictions always apply, but check that site out for the details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy. This is, this is Professor McGonagall welcoming you to all to MuggleCast, hoping you enjoyed. Dobby, Dobby, come here. Yeah, Dobby. Yes, well, I'd just like to say how very pleased I am to introduce MuggleCast to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Because it's all coming back. This is MuggleCast, episode 174, for May the 8th, 2009. Welcome to MuggleCast episode 174. It's May. Happy May to you all. And guess who's back with us this week? As promised, Hi. Jamie Lawrence Hi. has made his Sorry. epic return. Yeah, Jamie, what 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 do, what do you have to say to our listeners? Uh, Welcome back to the thank show. Thank you, thank you. I'm feeling too rusty to say anything. Really, it feels <laughs> weird. If it, if it doesn't feel natural yet, I think I'll get into it. I'll get into it soon. But I, w- yes. I wouldn't call it epic yet because uh, we probably wait till we finish recording it just in case it turns out that it's, it's not epic. I, right. I hope it will and be epic, a lo- though. A lot rides on the British joke of the day as well. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, I forgot. J- Jamie, there, there is one, right? Of course there's one. Well, what oh, a silly okay. question. <laughs> well, see, we've done that before, the little prelude with the, you know, hyped right. it up, and then there, there hasn't been one. I, uh, I just wanted to make well, sure that... Now you've given him about 40 minutes to go ahead and get <laughs> yeah. one ready, so there <laughs> oh, should be one. don't be silly. You had one. I didn't, I didn't do that. I spent months in libraries looking up like the <laughs> meaning of words so I can get a perfectly formed joke. Well, God, clearly you've spent excellent. months on this one. Yeah, I have, yeah. That's why You've <laughs> had plenty of time. Epic. It better be. That's some excellent prep work. Well, uh, we have a lot of show to get to today. There's a lot of news to discuss. And uh, Eric went to the Harry Potter exhibition, so we got to talk to him about that. Woo-hoo! That was a fun time, right, Eric? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and um, no, it, uh, it seems like a fun time. It seems like a fun time for everyone who goes. Let's get straight into the show. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Eric Skull. I'm waiting till last. Okay. It's it's my <laughs> <laughs> All right. rightful place now. I'm Matt Britton. I'm Mike Tanabel. And I'm Jamie Lawrence, and I'm going to try and work my way back up to the beginning of that order. (laughs) (laughs) Are you really, or are you just saying that? No, I'll try, I'll try. I'll try. (laughs) Maybe by the end of the show, you can make it back in there. Yeah, Yeah. but then... Maybe you can make it up one. After my joke, bombs.
All right, Micah, there's a lot of news lately. What what has been going on? Please enlighten us. All right. Well, uh, I didn't write this news, but I'll try and enlighten you anyway. <laughs> there's uh, a few more Half-Blood Prince posters that were released last week, and uh, a little bit of a different look to them compared with past films. Um, yeah, yeah. What did you guys think of these? I love them. I mean, they I, finally, and I mentioned this on the live show, finally they're going away from the traditional... Uh, posters they've always made that they're, they're kind of like I don't know like they try to cram a million things into the posters and you know, have all these little details but now it's just the characters and these nice close-ups and they're very yeah. dark haven't they done that for and something then, else though I swear they um what? I think they I think they did it for Chamber of Secrets what with close-ups yeah well I mean they've done I but there's something different about these like they're they're very very dark and they're very simple um, and like those other posters that were released when the trailer was released that they had the title like all gigantic and slanted and you couldn't even read the whole thing. It was a really cool style, I thought. Yeah. See, because I was going to say from that thumbnail, it looks a bit broke back mountainy, like Dumb- <laughs> <laughs> Snape and Dumbledore. Snape and Dumbledore, yeah. Heath Ledger's back from the uh, dead. It kind of- <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Ron and Greyback kind of look like it more. Oh, uh, it's loaded. Oh, really? Oh. Let's have a look. Yeah. Is Greyback going to be scary then? Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's that. The one of Ron and Greyback is pretty. I mean, Greyback looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I thought the the one with Dumbledore and Snape, I, I think I told you this, Andrew, too. It, it looks pretty badass. And, yeah. Uh, the others were, were pretty cool, too. I think what was Hermione and Slughorn and Harry and Draco. And then Ron and, and Greyback. So uh, I think they did a really good job this time around. I think they're they're focusing more on the darkness uh, of these films, e- even though they said, you know, that, that this one wasn't going to be a, as dark as as the few that have come before it, and obviously Deathly right. Hollows. Um, but uh, I yeah, like but the way they that they promote it. Yeah, they do. They say it every time. It's getting yeah. darker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but don't they say that? So the uh, movie thing rates it like. UC or something like universal Maybe. instead uh-huh. of well you know speaking of that Jamie in the US here Half-Blood Prince got a PG rating <laughs> and it hasn't been the, any film in the series hasn't been rated PG since Prisoner of Azkaban that's stupid what, what do you think about that I think I mean, that's yeah. ridiculous like I yeah. saw this I saw this article here in the UK about this film this horror film called Wish Baby that got rated like some stupid rating like 15 when when like it was disgusting, like it was really horrible, horrible stuff, sick like scenes happening in it, and like I saw the trailer for Half Blood Prince, and I I think it looks pretty scary. Like I will, yeah, yeah it does. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think they're bowing to pressure. I don't know what pressure, but but this is a perfect time to bring up the Pirate Bay. Why? What's that? Well, 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 I was disgusted <sighs> by the. Uh, verdict in the trial oh them being taken yeah down. i think yeah. it's ridiculous I, I know what it is as well it's yeah. political heavyweights behind the scene in nice crisp iron suits deciding what's <laughs> yes. going to happen in the world and i think i think yeah. it's disgusting for sure <laughs> i mean um we saw this me and matt saw this documentary on the mpaa and it showed how messed up they were yeah um so i and i've said it quite a few times on the show before but mm. it's just a shame yeah, and we'll see. We'll we'll be able to make a final determination. Eric, what do you think of these new posters? Uh, the posters are cool. I like like I, I like as you were saying that it's not just fit as many characters as you possibly can, yeah, looking true. angsty and all. Or y- yeah. you know, and and to be fair, you know, Goblet of Fire was about the different schools and stuff, so it was kind of cool like that. But they just did the same thing for five, and 
it's good to see that you know Harry and Draco, the rivals, and Snape, and who's who's on Snape's Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Yeah, Snape and Dumbledore, exactly. They're like the rivals, and uh, right. I loved it. I thought it. Well, was... now everyone keeps asking why Emma or Hermione and Slughorn. They have- are in the same poster, and this happened once before too. <laughs> they have no like, one what's... else to put with Slughorn. That's true. Or, or yeah. That's no, true um, yeah. Actually, though, I get that's kind of rival-ish because in book six, if you remember, Hermione is uh, trying to, or she she doesn't approve of Harry uh, cheating in potions, and so she tries to, I guess, set an, an example for good potion making, but he always bests her. So, oh, right. well, and, and she wa- and she wants to get into the slug club, but she's not allowed. But oh uh, yeah, or it's just all to do with like posters and how to best make use of the space and slug on. <laughs> yeah, fat <laughs> exactly. And Hermione's quite like skinny, so maybe that's well. It, Hermione know. always tries to strive for the best, and Slughorn always picks the best. Speaking so, of, and that's know. a good correlation. Matt Slughorn's uniform at the exhibit. Oh, it's amazing. But really, anyway, we'll get into that later. Oh. Okay, well, um, what else is going on, Micah? Uh, well, a couple of key dates set for uh, the premiere of Half-Blood Prince, tentatively, though. Uh, July 6th in Japan, July 7th in the UK, and July 8th in the US. Um, now, th- some smart math people may notice that that's three consecutive days <laughs> of uh, premieres. So uh, it would beg the question, what does that mean for the actors who are going to be attending each one? It means one? they're going to uh, get to fly around the world <laughs> in an awesome in three jet, days. ruin the environment, <laughs> get awesome food and free stuff. I don't, I'm not going to waste you know, a lot of money. Yeah. You, you joke, but that might actually I'm not going to worry about them. Yeah. Well, I I think it's worrying because we, we always see the most actors at the UK premiere because they all live in the UK. That's fine. But what about the trio? I mean, are they really going to be at all three or what? And on top of that, the um, – well, never mind. I That was mind. a good point. No, well, yeah. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, the junket is gonna be right before, right around this these days too. So, how are they gonna fit that in on top of three premieres? Well, uh, it's. I just think it's silly. Why bother cramming them all into three days? Well, why is that? What's happening then? July is it to do with the movie season? Are there others? Is there other stuff coming well, out around then? The only thing uh, I can think of is coming out. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I can think of is that they're also <laughs> filming movie seven around this time. Oh, maybe. I mean, yeah, yeah. Are they trying to knock out all the publicity for a week? In a, in a week, that that may make sense. Maybe. So who knows? But you know, it's certainly strange. Well, nothing about this. Yeah, nothing about this movie has ever been, you know, <laughs> by the book. Normal. Yeah, that's really well, true. It, it also seems like um, a lot of the hype is going towards the UK premiere more than the the US one. Why? Because so, of the contest. well, like of all the contests and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but why Japan? It's never like happened first there before, has it? Well, it's it's always so. big in Japan, though. Yeah, but I mean, it's always not world but, premiere, uh, is it? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's going to be the world premiere. So, and and last time for Order of the Phoenix, only Dan and David Heyman were there. So, it's odd. It's very odd. That is odd. Mm. That is odd. Strange times. You're gonna have Strange to fly out to Japan with your HD handy cam. I know. I know. The life of me. How am I going to do that? I want one now. I found my old <laughs> one, and it just doesn't really. Oh, like when I first got it, it was my baby, and now it's just nothing. It's, it's just a POS. Yeah, it's not even HD. What is the point? 
<laughs> what is the point? <laughs> Especially when YouTube can do HD. Yeah, exactly. You don't want My that. My camcorder can't. So, Jamie and Eric, speaking of Half-Blood Prince, uh, the trailer, we haven't heard your your guys' thoughts on the trailer yet, the, the new one that came out. Eric, how about you first? What what were your thoughts about it? Uh, yeah, I thought it was cool. How I amazing. wish they would stop showing every scene from the movie in these trailers. Even if it's just a one-second clip, they are trying to be new and exciting. Maybe they're overcompensating. I don't think it's that, uh, though. I think they're trying to like get everyone to see one bit that they really, really like. Do you know what I mean? Because if you think that every uh, scene in this book appeals to like a certain Harry Potter fan, so they like see it in the trailer and they're like oh my god oh my god oh my god you, you know my favorite bits in so if you can get everyone's right. favorite bit in then everyone goes to see it good point that's true psychology 101 yeah that's a good point mm-hmm. but at the same time then they've shown the whole damn movie so well true huh. yeah yeah that is true I mean I mean, kind yeah. of but at the same time I thought it was cool they show um, Harry meeting with Dumbledore in the underground which is uh, kind of a different yeah that was scene. cool that was yeah, cool yeah it was it's cool it's cool Jamie, overall, your thoughts positive? I thought it was awesome. Um, yeah, I watched it with my girlfriend, and she is not a Harry Potter fan at all yet. I'm going to try and convert her, but she, she said it, it looks like a film, which, like, I think is a big complaint about previous like Harry Potter yeah. trailers. It just looks like Harry Potterish, but this looks like it could appeal to any film. Fan. Yeah, you know what? And I actually, I said, I, I made mention of that. On, that on our trailer show uh, a couple weeks ago yeah. that like when you see those shots of the non uh, when you see shots of the muggles in London I think it opens it up to a new audience yeah, where they completely. feel like it is more of a film yeah so. I agree completely I thought it was, it, it was, yeah. it was awesome though I feel like just, it's so like clean do you know when you watch a film uh, for as an example if you watch The Dark Knight and you just uh, the screenplay is so clean it's like there's no extra yeah, like yeah. and that trailer just looked clean. Do you know what I mean? There was no like, yeah, stuff they felt they those had guys, to put in. Yeah, those guys who make the Harry Potter trailers—they're some of the yeah. best because you really can't compare those trailers it's to true, yeah. anything else. They have such they're always skills. the best too. Out of all the trailers you see, honestly, yeah. I mean, they're always the best it's trailers. True, of the year. Yeah. Though, are you saying that because you're a fan? I mean, there might yeah, be no. There, oh, there, I mean, there might honestly, be someone out there uh, who's a Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants fan, and they might think that. <laughs> That trailer the was best trailer of the, the year. I mean, honestly, like even if you don't, I mean, the people that see the trailers that aren't even fans of of the um of the books or anything see those trailers and they just think that's epic. It's true. Yeah, I yeah. think we're talking production wise too. Just production wise, it looks great. It does. Well, it's nice and fluid, and it it almost like it really does tell a story when the full theatrical trailers are released. Yeah. Like I'd be happy to say the Sisterhood of Traveling Pants trailer is amazing if it actually had good production value. But does that actually exist? Oh, it does. Oh, my God. I thought you were making something up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think Andrew and Matt both see enough movies that that they could certainly, especially Matt could comment on, uh, you know, how good the trailer actually is. No, no, no. no. Sorry, I was going to say, I've just Wikipedia'd that. How the hell did that get published? (laughs) It's a movie? I don't know, but I don't think it did well. Well, it made a sequel, so. How? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I mean, How? (laughs) <laughs> you, you, Netflix it, man. Tell us how it is. No way. I'm not wasting well, my money. Think, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, te- it's definitely a guy's movie. Think, <laughs> think of, think of all the economic guys. problems in the world, and uh, they're making movies about this. Yeah, that's true. Right. That's true. Yeah. I think we're doomed. Okay, well, what else is going on, Micah? There's lots of filming going on for Deathly Hollows. Uh, yes. A little bit in London occurred a few weeks ago in Piccadilly Circus. And then uh, Shell Cottage has been getting a lot of press these 
last few days. Uh, it looks like they're putting the finishing touches on the uh, the cottage on the beach. So, yeah. Uh, what do you guys think of this? Uh, there was a lot made of of the filming going on in London, in particular, and it looks like right. in in probably the next few weeks they're going to be filming uh, the shell cottage scenes. Yeah. So, I think it was really excited to see exciting to see them filming uh, right in central London, and like them doing these nighttime shoots. But these poor actors, I don't know, like Angie, you guys start feeling sorry for them. They, no, well, no, I mean, you look at these pictures, <laughs> and they're all falling asleep. They're all yawning, and of course, the paparazzi loves to see, take photos of that. Oh, but yeah. you know, maybe you know, take a nap during the middle of the day, so you're a little more prepared for this. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Well, it's probably yeah. real. It was probably cold that night, or something, because you know, when it's cold, you 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 get cold. Or you get yeah, you, you get, get cold. cold. You get sleepy. You get sleepy. <laughs> yeah. But man, these I I really got excited when I saw them, especially when you saw like a little action um, shot of you know Emma running. Yeah, yeah, in, in the red dress. Because when I read the movie or the word the book, I was just thinking about how is this going to look in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't know. I had no idea where they were. You know, Tottenham Court Road or wherever. I didn't know that that was so central in London. I don't think they were actually at Tottenham Court Road, but they were nearby. Um, so, it, so they uh, just walked through the central London to get there. They they were in the Piccadilly <laughs> Circus area. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, how the hell did you film uh, that? That's so weird. I, they closed off some streets, but like <sighs> that's so Piccadilly biased. Circus. But like, just because they're like big shots, they close off streets. <laughs> like, if if I was to go there and say I'm filming a film with my non HD <laughs> handicap, <laughs> well, I you know I. Gee, this is not the first time a film crew has filmed <laughs> on the streets before. I know. I mean, but, they do this all the time. But it's going to be great for the. Imagine seeing the actual, you know. Yeah, that would streets. be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have some. My friend, who I've known since uh, kindergarten, um, told me that he got a walk-on role in Harry Potter. I don't know. Like, he isn't a fan at all. But his girlfriend really? does something to do with it, and he says that someone told him that it's actually in the film. You, you know, it's not Which like... Which film? Movie 7? No, no, 6, 6. Oh, so, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I don't know if he's actually going to be in it, but he could just be in the background, so I'm going to... Right. Yeah, it's weird. Keep an yeah. eye out. No, he's, he's weird. weird. <laughs> no, 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 he's fine. On location. But... Yeah, oh. it reminds me of uh, what, what they did in uh, Tower Bridge for The Mummy Returns that mm. they actually filmed there. That was cool. Oh, yeah. That was but, cool. yeah, and then uh, with Shell Cottage... It, they're filming uh, along a beach in Pembrokeshire, I believe it is. And <laughs> oh, I bet it's miss your pronunciation. Of miss your pronunciation. How do you pronounce it, Jamie? Please enlighten like me. Pembrokeshire. Like Pembrokeshire. 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 Whatever. <laughs> you you call a router a router, so no, no. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But also, also, I first thought that your town where you live was Placenta. Right. But, but that's just a spelling thing. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll no, no, the, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. true. But wow. yeah, Shell Cottage cultural differences. It looks really nice because they the roof is just lined with seashells, and it's a really nice touch. It looks really, I mean, that's going to be beautiful. They're filming right on that beach, and uh, it'd be really cool. It's really, it's going to be a really good scene for Dobby's death. Oh, Clements! <laughs> oh, Clements! And speaking of that, um. There was another article, Micah, where uh, Dan Ratcliffe and David Heyman, they were talking about filming, you know, outside of Hogwarts. 
Yeah, it was in Empire Magazine, and, and Dan made note of the fact that uh, filming the first part of Deathly Hollows is refreshing because it's set in a lot of other places aside from Hogwarts. So apparently mm. he doesn't like filming in Hogwarts. That's that what is, I took away from That is true, from it. though. That is completely true. It must be tough. To, it's like on Phone Booth. You know, when they, they must have <laughs> yeah. just, like, closed the street yeah. for a year to film that. Well, then again, um, it's not like Hogwarts is one set, you know. I mean... Sure. Yeah, there are a few Surely sets. there are different, not only locations, but then when you do a special room like the Chamber of Secrets, you know, on a soundstage, you, you go, you get around, but surely not as much as this, I guess. I don't, yeah. I don't know. When I read that quote, it really uh, hit me like, oh, wow, this, this first part of this film really is going to be hardly at Hogwarts. And it's going to be really exciting to see a Harry Potter film without, uh, you know, the typical sets and scenes that we've all but gotten I, so used to. I hope it's more of Hogwarts than was in the book, though. I hope they show what everyone else is doing. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, I I can't shake that. I can't shake that feeling. I really want to see if they show, even in a montage. Maybe. Well, yeah, hopefully the sc- screenwriter considered that, you know, keeping it in there. But, you know, Potter fans are Potter fans. They just want to see the actual story. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so. And uh, what else did they have to say in Empire Magazine? Yeah, Dan also mentioned he's looking forward to filming uh, the walk that he takes into the Forbidden Forest to meet Voldemort. How are they going to film that, though? That's going to be weird. We have pictures don't we? Don't we already have... Well, there were some paparazzi photos of him walking through a forest, but we don't know if it was that actual scene where he's going to meet Voldemort. There's a lot of scenes where he... I mean, like when he walks in... Walks to the lake or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it may be something like that. Yeah, um, but like, how's he going to be? Because I always imagined it was going to be like Frodo climbing up Mount Doom. That kind of no dialogue, you know, just music in the background, and you seeing everything happen, and he just walks into the forest, and then suddenly everything closes into a point, and then the dialogue comes back, and Voldemort's like Harry. Yeah, it'd be really intense if they just had no music and nothing. Just all you heard is him walking. <laughs> yeah, that would That'd be, be cool. awesome. Well, with all the cool. ghosts gliding around him. Right. Yeah, yeah that right. would be cool. That would be uh, awesome. Yeah, I, I have faith they're going to get this right. I, and um, later on in this Empire interview, um, the uh, David Heyman talked about the split, where they're going to split it. And this was a really interesting quote. He said, We've played around with a couple of places and ultimately settled on a place that we think is very exciting and I think quite bold in that it's not necessarily where one might expect. You want to give a sense of completion on one hand, but a sense that there's another piece, more to come. We have tried one. Uh, we tried one, and then Steve Clovis, the screenwriter, came up with the idea to try it another way. And when we tried that, it just felt. So he right. hasn't actually given us given us any information on where it's going. No, right. <laughs> no, they're but, they're going to kill us with this. Yeah, it's true. They yeah, really are. and you, we probably won't even uh, hear about it until the movie's actually released. I, I would imagine they want to keep that top secret, right? I really hope it does keep a secret. I want to be surprised. Yeah, you want to be surprised, yeah. but you know everyone's going to ask that. Where is it going to be split? Where is it going to be split? Where is it going to be split? But, I mean, they, they could cover it up if they yeah. well, really so, tried. Yeah, also, though, I mean, an employee from Warner Bros. might leak it. I mean, it has happened. Because there's a budget, and you have to figure out if they decided to purchase uh, a few days filming time inside where they're filming Malfoy Manor or not. And boom, you have where they're, where they're cutting <laughs> well, it. Exactly. But they are filming everything all at once, oh, right. parts one okay. and two, so it may be harder. But And Dan also added that it's a very tense cliffhanger. But I'm happy to see that they tried a non-traditional way. So maybe it's not going to be at the Malfoy Manor. 
Well, what, well, I, I think when um, Heyman was talking about like the fact that it's not one where you one would expect. Right. I think it's basically him just turning down all the rumors that everyone's talking about mm. as Shell Cottage and Malfoy Manor. Because those two seem to be the most popular ones everyone's talking about. Yeah. So he may be saying, oh, yeah, but no, 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 that's not it. If it's not linear, you know, it has to follow some type of linear pattern because you can't have a half an hour, like, first film and then a six-hour second film, you know. Like, so, so, right. so, but, so you're saying they won't stop at it after the Seven Potters? Is is not just <laughs> the first movie? That would suck. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, to be honest, be we're like all going to really know what happens after the cliffhanger though. anyway. It's it's not going to be so much of a cliffhanger for everyone who knows the the book story, but I think they can pull it off. Where it is for other people, yeah, 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 it is for other people, and even even us a little bit. Well, yeah, yeah because be we like, want to see oh. how they capture it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It might be like I I'm I'm trying to think of some kind of cliffhanger, and I, maybe it might be that, like the showdown between McGonagall and Snape before Snape. <laughs> yeah, but that's only Snape's. important for like fans of the books. Yeah, I don't know. Like, for other people, it'll just be two old people looking at each other. Yeah, and then on right. the other hand, are you calling Alan Rickman old? No, no, but in the film, Snape's not exactly in his first flush of youth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, the, uh, what was I going to say? the But they did, then on the other hand, they say that they're going to actually be able to keep in a lot more of what was in the book because of all this extra time they have in not yeah. right. So it's, That's really, it's nice. really confusing. It's really good to hear though, because knowing they're not gonna they're gonna take their time with this, they're gonna put in everything they need to have a great final send off. It really is a win win. Warner Brothers makes a ton of extra money off an eighth film and we get to see more from yeah, Book but Seven. Don't you which... think like the bigger they set themselves up, the harder they can fall if they screw it up? Like if Oh definitely. Technically like... But if you hated a Harry Potter movie, Jamie. Is there a Harry Potter movie you just can't stand? Well, I don't want to incriminate myself, but... You know. <laughs> <laughs> You're pleading the fifth. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, they really... They know what they're doing at this point, and I trust them. I trust well, them. Well, that's nice. My Warner Brothers. That's, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Okay, and lastly, in the news talk this week, it's not so much as news, um, but the Harry Potter exhibition did open. So, Well, that part's news. But uh, Eric got to check it out in ex- an exclusive uh, fan site preview. Uh, he went on behalf of MuggleNet. And Eric, tell us all about it. I know Micah has some questions written up, too, and we'll throw some questions at you. But but can you give us a general overview first? What do you think of this? Was How great was it? It was really great. It, it truly was really great. The Harry Potter exhibition, um, it's here until... The end of September, actually. It's here in Chicago. And it just opened up last Thursday. We went um, Wednesday. Um, some of the website heads, like it was uh, me from MuggleNet, Jeff from HPNA, um, and a few other people from a few other sites. But it was um, a lot of fun. We got this, this hour long. We were in there for an hour, um, but you could easily spend an hour and a half in there. Um, and it's this um, pretty much this collection of props and they're all arranged uh in, in costumes and stuff and all arranged in this really uh themed and scenic way and and it is well it's an exhibition i mean what else what else can you say except that it's uh it's it's really awesome it is it is a it's a great experience uh it's set up well and it's just absolutely incredible is it tour guided or or can you spend as much time there as you want? You can spend as much time there as you want. Yeah. Um, there is a bit in the beginning where you get sorted and they have, um, uh, a Brit who they hired to do that. Um, <laughs> but 
<laughs> Jamie, you should have gotten that job. You really should. I should have applied. That would have been, awesome. been cool. Yeah, yeah. that would have been cool. You always have a place to stay in Chicago, but um, the uh, yeah, it was um, <laughs> it was really a good experience. It was awesome, and uh, you know, we'll we'll get to the questions or whatever. But uh, but I have to say that you guys have to see it. I I can't see. I'm dying to. I can't see why it wouldn't go to L.A., which we'll also talk about later, and I have reason to believe, but they won't release yet. <laughs> exactly where they're going next after this right. that'll come soon but um but yeah overall it was a uh, exhibit group uh guilt spur is the name of the company that organized it um warner brothers consumer products and the museum of science and industry which is where it is held they built this extra um sort of facility onto the building in order to house the exhibition which was really cool really yeah huh. yeah so you, that's really cool. You mentioned the sorting hat before. Um, do they sort everyone, or are they going to sort everyone, or was that just something specific to your tour that you got? Um, yeah, as in, everyone in terms of visitors, it was basically only volunteers. They sorted in our group of ten or twelve. They sorted two of us, um, and it was only because we volunteered. Um, okay. Did you get sorted? Yeah. I, well, I got sorted. Um, what house were you in? Uh, Gryffindor. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. What, what kind of questions did they ask? Um, Like, what do you mean, questions? Well, how did you get sorted? Like, what happened? Magic. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> it's ma- Duh. It's magic, Andrew. Uh, no, but um, the sorting hat, the voice of the sorting hat uh, from the movies and stuff, uh, it was really realistic and fun. And it was adaptive, too. Like, um, yeah. It was magic. That is that is pretty cool. I like how they have interactive elements there. Like, w- what other ones were there? What the um, the mandrake pulling? Like, how did that work? Well, that's um, and 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 that's the other thing too is that they have interspersed through these um, you know, costumes and props, which in themselves, through... in and of themselves, are so exciting to just see. I never thought I'd be yeah. so enthused to see something, but um, <laughs> but it's because of the detail. That you know that goes into yeah. all of it. That is just incredible. But um, interspersed with that, they had these hands-on, uh, literally hands-on uh, parts of the museum, which were really cool. So they had um, after you get sorted, uh, the next one would be the mandrakes that you get to in order of how this tour was set up. And um, basically, there's a, a herbology table with some of the old uh, herbology stuff. Um, no earmuffs though, uh, and Professor Spratt's uh-huh. costume, I think. And uh, basically, there's a sign that says "Please pull," and um, there's these mandrakes that are that are in pots, and you basically yank them, and uh, they come out fully formed and uh, start screaming, and uh, they're really, really lifelike. It's pretty, pretty exciting. Reading through your review, there was one part where you said that there are artifacts. Um, there are many artifacts beyond the entry point. Um, it kind of left you believing that you left some of them out. In, in, in your yes. review. What else was there maybe that you didn't touch on in your review? In the review? Okay, good. Um, there were... Well, first of all, there were a lot of portraits that um, were A, portraits, or B, TV screens. So they were animated portraits. Um, oh, that's cool. I don't want to say... They, they oh, talk? by the way, they were TV screens. But you, you, right. get, you guys won't know what I'm saying unless I say that. But animated portraits. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, which which of, 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 of them, there were a few. There were a few of them, um, but they were they were exciting. And uh, the fat lady is also right when you come in. Um, oh, nice! Which fat? Which fat lady? The fat lady? The fat lady. I, there's two. The Gryffindor. 
right? The, yeah, the Gryffindor um, portrait. The one from Prisoner of Azkaban or the one from uh, Sorcerer's Stone? Oh, that's irrelevant. <laughs> I was just wondering. It's the one from Prisoner of Azkaban. Ah, okay. And they and they have her, and you can actually you can actually walk through the the door like the portrait hole thing. I guess it's actually just around the frame that they have her on, but it's cool anyway. <laughs> so what what did these? I mean, I saw a video of it, and look, it really does look amazing. You saw a I mean, video really of it did, of the ex- exhibit. Oh, by yeah, USA like, uh, Today. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't I didn't get that one play for me. Oh, okay, but I was there, um. So. But, but yeah, it, it it just looks so well done. It looks really impressive. Um, what what did the designers have to say? Like, how much work went into designing it? Was it the exhibit exhibition people who did most of that, or was it Warner Brothers, or what? Um, Do you know? Yeah, the exhibition people did it. Um, and Warner Brothers came in when it came time to decide, well, specifically which props they would be getting. Um, and the, um, actually let me get my press materials book. Cause they gave us like 10,000 facts about, the, about the exhibit. It's awesome. What kind of effort went into the designing yeah, process? The effort. I mean, well, the- um, basically the, and one of the reasons they gave for it being in Chicago was that, um, the museum of science and industry was willing to build, uh, this, this customized area. Basically this is the first oh. stop on a, on a tour that's going to be going, I think for like five years. This exhibit is going to go around the world, so it, it will be international for like five years. So, um, in order to in order to make sure that they had everything right, they needed this flexible uh, working space, you know, to see right. if because one of the tallest uh, set pieces is is the chess piece, like they like the oh, chess wow. pieces from Sorcerer's Stone. Um, yeah. they're going to switch some of them out. They said later, but um, the rook. I think we yeah we saw the pawn and the rook. The rook is like nine feet tall. Like wow, that's insane! And think of the detail too, because that's amazing. Though nine I mean, feet. yeah, it, it's so great that they you know they they found something to do with all all these items. Well, exactly, because otherwise, otherwise they'd just be in a in a in a in a shed somewhere. But yeah, okay. So um, basically, they just uh, came up with the you know they they had this uh, living space. And so this um, this exhibit was, I guess, you know, how they wanted it, and uh, the whole collaborative effort between this uh, Giltspur people and uh, Warner Brothers, uh, they described it as ideal and very, um, very co-creative, and uh, you know, just exciting for everyone involved. You mentioned at the end of uh, your review that there's a there's a tour, an audio tour that can be had with David Heyman and, and David Yates. Was this not implemented in, uh, in the, uh, ex- exhibition when you went? Um, we had, yeah, like, I mean, we, we basically, we checked in at a desk downstairs and did this thing. And the way we, like the way I understood it was, I mean, I guess if we asked, we may have been, it, it was ready because the museum was premiering the next day, but none of us got, the audio tour and and what it is is it's um certain set pieces uh certain items in the exhibit um have a commentary track just like you would at any museum audio tour uh listening in and some of them are what they did is they compiled an audio track with comments from david hates david yeaman and some of the other um filmmakers or set designers or you know all that kind of stuff um and and made it into this uh audio tour which you can take with you when you uh view the exhibit um i think that would have probably taken up more time uh than than what we had 
we had right. an hour because we had to get to the round table afterwards. So yeah, they didn't offer any mm-hmm. of us the, the audio tours, but it is incentive to come back. <laughs> now, what, what did they record all that stuff just for the exhibit or is it clips from past interviews? No, 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 no. It is just for the exhibit. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. You actually, probably learned a lot um, from that. The guy who, the guy who um, was at the – hang on a sec. I have his name. Um, yeah, Eddie Newquist, who's the president of um, the exhibit group Gilspur's uh, branded entertainment, he was the guy on the roundtable representing them. And he said that they actually went to uh, Leavesden Studios probably even during filming of, of one of the movies, probably six – um, yeah, it wouldn't be seven yet. And uh, they asked for, you know, cer- certainly some commentary. Like they said, you know, we'll just take an hour or two of your time if you can. And it turns out they were there for like a day or two gathering all this insight because the filmmakers yeah. were that um, enthusiastic and supportive. Uh, so, I yeah, I haven't listened to it, but apparently the audio track is something that's really cool. That is pretty sweet. Yeah. So. That's a good, good reason to come back a second time because I'm sure, you know, I'll, I'll – the first time you go, you may not want to have to, you know, listen to that audio track thing. So that's cool. Yeah. A- any plans to add to this? I mean, with Deathly Hollows, you, ju- you just said it's going to be around for five years. Did anyone ask if they're going to add to this exhibition as it moves across the world? Yes, they are. Um, across th- the world. Yeah. They're they're going to be adding and taking pieces, mostly adding from what I get, or at least from what they, they said, because, um, because of the new movies, as you say. Um, so it will be a changing exhibit um, with new set pieces as they become available. They already had some stuff from movie six, um, Ron's Quidditch outfit and uh, Slughorn's outfit, as well as some wanted posters for the Caros mm. and Bellatrix and all that stuff that's from the sixth movie. So that was really awesome to see. And it's in there, you know, just with the rest of the stuff. So it's like this whole entire complete collection, happy family. Well, Thanks, Eric, for that. I mean, it sounds like a lot of fun, and I hope it comes to L.A. Yeah. And well, about in case that, anyone's want what, what? About that. Um, they haven't released yet officially where they're going uh, next, but right. um, I've been looking at this, this press packet here and uh, also in other publications in the newspapers and stuff, and they yeah. slate Chicago as uh, the only Midwest U.S. location of this oh. tour. And so I guess that that is official. Um, so they'll go west and they'll go east and they'll go south, presumably. No, they won't go south because if you go south of the Midwest, you're still in the Midwest, in my Well, opinion. I mean Florida or something. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, Florida. South, south. Yeah, you're right, right, right. I think – I mean what doesn't I'm L.A. So have confused. besides Equus? <laughs> what doesn't L.A. get? So I, yeah. th- I think L.A. will definitely get this. Um, I'm inclined to say New York, but at the same time – when it goes somewhere, it's there for three or four months, and uh, surely the international fans will get pissed if it just stays in the U.S. for like a year. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they're going to bring it through all the stops in the U.S. Be- first because it must cost a lot of money to bring it overseas. So yeah, that's the other thing it's not like too. They'll like travel but, back. But and they've forth. already start, they've already done that with starting in the middle of the country. If you go west, you have to go east. If you say they want to hit, yeah, LA but you got to start York. somewhere. I yeah. mean. Yeah. So they probably wanted to start in the U.S. first for some reason. Well, it makes sense to me that they'd hit New York, go over to London. Right. And, right. you know. Well, maybe scheduling conflicts, perhaps. Mm. But, yeah, I'm sure no uh, museum museum is, go- museum is going to miss out on, you know, taking up an opportunity. That would obviously bring in a lot of money, I'm sure. Yeah, so. geez. Absolutely. And you guys have to try the quaffle toss. That is my favorite part of the Ooh. exhibit. Oh, I cannot wait. It's another I bet one of the you can. On things. 
<laughs> well, uh, if anyone's interested in uh, checking out the exhibition in Chicago, right at the top of MuggleNet on the homepage, we have links to purchase tickets and also the official site, and that goes to MSI, MSI Chicago and also the HarryPotterExhibition.com site. So check those out. Thanks, Eric. Yep. Um, moving on to – so that com- concludes our very long news segment. <laughs> Um, but moving along to the announcements this week, um, don't forget to vote for us on Podcast Alley. It's the beginning of the month, like I said at the start of the show. MuggleCast May. It is MuggleCast May, as everyone knows. You must vote for us every month that starts with May. And I didn't know this was still going on. Oh, I feel like it's yeah. old times again. <laughs> does that bring you back, Jamie? It does. Yeah. I feel like I haven't left. Also, Micah, you have a transcript update for us? Uh, yeah, just an update. I mean, we've been adding transcripts really uh, a lot over the course of the last few weeks. Everyone's doing a good job uh, in terms of uh, you know transcribing the past shows that we haven't been able to get up over the course of the last few months. So uh, we're catching up and everyone's uh, doing a good job. So be sure to check out the, uh, the transcript page when you have a chance and we're featuring a lot of the interviews we've done in the past. Jamie, since you haven't been on the show, uh, we've replaced you with Patrick Doyle and Mary Grand Prix. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> that's, um, so, that's an upgrade. Yeah, they're regular hosts. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Micah, for that. And thanks to ever, all the transcribers who have been working so diligently to get those completed and get those online. We really appreciate it, as do our listeners who like reading what we say. Our next segment is something new that we haven't really done before. Um, we're taking questions from Twitter and just a generic title. We'll call it Twitter Question Mailbag. And uh, these were sent wow. in to us through our Twitter <laughs> account at twitter.com slash MuggleCast. I know it's not that original, but whatever. <laughs> um, so we got 10 here, and they're about the books or movies and the fandom and our podcast. But we wanted to sort of open it up and discuss whatever the listeners wanted us to discuss. Um, and this first one, it starts off, It's we're starting off with a book question. It's from Westley Rose. And he says, why do you think Joe decided to kill off Fred instead of George? Did Joe have some sort of hatred for Fred that we don't know about? Maybe she just flipped a coin. Yeah. Maybe she, like yeah maybe she meant to kill George. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe she screwed well, up. I wonder why, I mean, I wonder why she did do that. I mean... Was there any specific reason, or well, Fred was the most um, the the most in the foreground of the twins, and yeah. he, and he was the most wittiest. Yeah. Uh, well, plus George didn't he get his ear blown off earlier in the book? I mean that that yeah. would be kind of unfair, yeah, that, you know. You get your ear blown off yeah, and then you it's, die. It's not the most you know. Yeah, level that would be well, which is worse, getting your ear blown off and then dying, putting out of your misery, or getting your ear blown off and then having your brother Let's die? See. Either getting your your ear blown off or being crushed to death. I'd rather be crushed. I, I don't know. That, that, that's, I need that's two ears for my iPod <laughs> Who headphones. would rather be crushed to death? Honestly, even if your ear's blown off, you can still hear out of it, or at least one I ear. know, but you look weird the rest of your life. I mean, you look un. I thought it depended on the way it was like it hit you, your ear and stuff. Or maybe I'm just being stupid, because I remember reading somewhere that, that hearing depends on like the way sounds oh. hit your ear, but I could just be really gullible. No, 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 Somebody you're right, you right. But at least he, he still has the other ear that he could hear out of. I mean, you'd rather be crushed to death than be de- uh, deaf in one ear. Really? Well, yeah, but what's, what's nah, this crushed to death coming I'd, ra- from? I'd rather have I, That's what Matt said. Matt, you're sick. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
I'm reading a little uh, interview from J.K. Rowling. Actually, uh, one of the hosts of the Today Show asked her about the Fred George thing. And she said, I always knew it was going to be Fred. I suppose looking back from it, I think that most people would have expected it to be George, I think, because that's the ringleader. He's always been the investigator. He's slightly harder than George. George is slightly gentler. Fred is normally the funnier, but also the crueler of the two. So they might have thought that George would be the more vulnerable one and therefore Maybe, the one yeah. to die. Yeah. And she went on to say that uh, it wasn't easier to kill Fred instead of George. So <laughs> Actually, that kind I don't of know. makes sense because – uh, that that Fred died because if he was the one that was making the more you know more hurtful wisecracks you know or you know making more jokes he was the one who died with the smile on his face. Right, so. that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Oh, but, that's, oh, that's so. Jo- cute. So Joe didn't totally answer it, but it, I wonder why she's always known it would be Fred. It came to her. <laughs> Maybe some kid in, named Fred bullied her in school, and that's why <laughs> yeah. she's always known. <laughs> we'll kill a Fred. <laughs> That'd be that'd be so weird though if every character had done something l- like their fate, like to her. So George had like right. poked her in the ear or something. Right. Well, she has. We have heard that she has based some of her characters yeah. off of uh, real life. <laughs> yeah, people. but as soon as she she stopped saying that after like halfway into the series because people kept claiming that they were the ones. She oh wrote. right. Yeah. That, <laughs> that would kind of stink though if you're reading her books and you know she named one of the characters after you and then your character died. Yeah, that wouldn't be nice <laughs> at all. What? what, what, what Especially I if you thought that she really liked you or something and then you yeah. died. <laughs> well, next question is from Jimmy. He says, what will you talk about after the Deathly Hollows films are released? Will the encyclopedia be enough to keep MuggleCast alive? Jamie, I think you so, should answer this. Um, <laughs> um, um, uh, I think the MuggleCast flame is eternal and can't ever be extinguished. I do too. I do too. There will always just be Harry Potter news. Issue. It's just a question of how often these episodes come out. Oh, it's true. So, yeah, exactly. So the... The part two of Movie 7 comes out July 15, 2011. So Man, that's a long time away. That's two more years. Yeah. yeah. And by that time, MuggleCast would have run for seven years. So, hey, a seven-year run's not bad. Not, oh, <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, but it, if wow. we get there, we should probably go for the full decade. We can't really stop <laughs> right. <seven>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it is true. So I guess, I guess the answer to Jimmy's question is... <laughs> Um, well, actually, he said, will the encyclopedia be enough to keep MuggleCast alive? <laughs> well, I hope the encyclopedia is out before 2011, or July 2011, don't you guys think? I think. I, yeah, definitely. Surely it's less going to come down to, like, what Har- Harry Potter stuff there is uh, <laughs> than, like, Angie's enthusiasm for editing shows and, like, putting stuff out <laughs> and stuff like that. Just big tech show, yeah. MuggleCast tech show. Yeah. That's what we should do. We should look at the latest technology and Transformers and Wolverine and all these cool new films as well. Right. <laughs> yeah, the non-Harry Potter podcast, Harry Potter podcast. The non-Harry Potter, yeah. Harry Potter yeah. podcast. Yeah. It's never been done. Well, I, I, I just hope the encyclopedia doesn't come out in like 2015 or something. I think she should do it around the movie hype. Oh, hype, give right? her so. time to realize that she misses it like crazy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, next question from Walty. What is your favorite book scene that was cut from the film? I'm trying to think of any, but like, it doesn't bother me when scenes oh, I aren't cut. Yeah. Uh, 
What, Micah? Uh, I, I would. This is it's not really a scene. It's it's more of a group of scenes. But if you go back to Prisoner of Azkaban, the whole Marauder backstory being cut from Ditto. the films, uh, yeah. I think was the oh yeah was the big one for me. I guess for me, I think one of um, the scene in uh, Order of the Phoenix when um, when Harry was taking his owls and he showed up, um, Professor um, Umbridge. When he sh- when he did his um, Patronus in front of her, and he just kind of smirked at her and just walked off. I don't remember. That. I thought that was cute. Yeah, it was when he was doing his owls to one of the teachers, and they were saying, "I hear you can do a Patronus," and he goes, "Yes, I can." And then he he does it, and then he walks off, and um, that's cool. Umbridge was looking at him, kind of upset. Yeah, well, and this sort of relates to what we were talking about with movie seven earlier. I think they have a lot. They do definitely have a lot of extra um, pressure and expectations are much higher to get everything right and get everything in so yeah i mean but like what you said initially about not being that upset about cut scenes um with the exception of the marauders in prisoner of azkaban and possibly snape's Wars memory where we thought we were going to see more um yeah I'm, I'm more interested in if they tell a if they tell the story in an exciting way you know in a way yeah, that yeah fits everything that they're doing and and still surprises me a little bit i guess i like to be surprised but not not too surprised. <laughs> All right, next question is from Lisa E. Do you feel that Harry continued to be brilliant at potions, or was it all left behind with potions book with the potions book in the room requirement? I don't think Harry's so, ever going to be good at potions. That's true. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a trait that he did get from his mom. It's true. I yeah. guess he wasn't exactly. He didn't probably he probably didn't feel the need to practice it after getting out of Hogwarts. So and here's a question. More res- yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say here's a question. Do you think he's setting a bad example or a good example to school children because he's you know he's using his own initiative he's finding a book he's like using other people's advice uh but then he's not really doing it himself but he's succeeding so you know it, it's well it is a, a pretty one. common human trait though i mean a lot of people do do the same i mean it only proves that you know harry isn't he's a cheater like the most perfect person well what i mean whatever works you know <laughs> well it's true yeah yeah I don't. I don't think it's really setting a bad example because, like, I mean, you're you're saying for people who read the story, yeah, or like people in the wizarding, yeah. I mean, yeah, everyone's been in that situation where they're cheating a little bit. Oh, really, Andrew? We haven't. Oh my god, what are you saying? <laughs> well, I cheat. I have an iPhone. I can't help it. Well, like, and, and back to the back to the Twitter question too. It's not like um, it's not like Snape's potions book was instructive in a way that would allow Harry to ease, more easily learn what it is he was doing. Um, basically, Snape's book was a book of shortcuts and a book of, you know, different ingredients that work better and were slightly easier to concoct, like, you know, more efficient. So Harry uh, wasn't really learning the art of potions. He was just learning how to, you know, make certain potions a better way. And it, 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 it there was nothing that was instructive about um what makes someone a better potions person. It was just a set of ingredients and, and ways he had to mix them. He was just using so, the Cliff right. Notes version of potion book, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Next question is from Jose Valencia. What is everyone's favorite slash coupling? Oh. Ooh. So, so we all know slash would mean the same sex. Shipping. Uh, I think the biggest one has always been Sirius Lupin. And that's my favorite. It doesn't have to be. The I agree. Stuff. I'm uh, I'm with you on that one too. I think that's yeah. the most. 
canon compliant, maybe? I don't know. That's not why Jamie, I Jamie, like do it, you remember the days... Why, why do you like Actually, it? Actually, that is why I like it. I'm going to... <laughs> I, why? Because it's compliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It fits. Actually, I yes. like it. That is why I like it. Jamie, I, I don't know if we've ever said this on the show before, but remember the days when um, we were going to plan a segment like that to discuss that? Um, Have a discussion on that? Ago, episode ago, like yeah, yeah. Oh, God. That takes you back, doesn't it? Oh, my <laughs> God. That's, that's, that's just done the most. I'm going to start crying in a second. <laughs> well, uh, it's funny um, because actually we received an email the other day suggesting we do a discussion on that. So what maybe we on, on that pairing on Rima series? Yeah. yeah, was well, we could do that next show. That Definitely. reminds me, you were yeah. you were going to come up with the show notes for that show, Jamie. It was going to be the show about uh, Remus and Sirius. I don't think I was. was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, I don't, don't think you were either because you didn't. But <laughs> you said oh. you were going to. We were all looking to you to do it. Oh, oops. Well, oops. But, but but then I said, no, I, I said I don't think we should because I thought it was a little too inappropriate for our listeners. That's when I was in my homophobic. Oh, my God, out, we can't yeah. say a curse word or anything. <laughs> what? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that was in the days where I I thought we should never curse or we, sh- we should be uh, yeah. very, very, very friendly, family friendly. Yeah. Um, all right, so next question. Well, from... okay, uh, you didn't even ask Micah or me. I heard Micah say yeah. Oh. To what? Is that what that means, though, that slash? I thought it was just general, no, generally it's, it's, for any it's coupling. A it's oh, a I thought that as well. They're just being yeah. generic. Yeah. Oh, I thought slash meant... That's Andrew's gay mind reading it it's, as... It's a, it's a shipping, like <laughs> Ron Hermione and Harry Ginny. Actually, oh, actually, it's a shipping. Okay. No, I, th- I well, said no, shipping. No, Because there is such thing as... Yeah. Because it's in quotes. It's in British quotes. It is... So otherwise, he would have just said, "What's your favorite coupling?" Exactly, or uh-huh. "What's your favorite ship?" Yeah, so it is. It is slash that, that that was the question. But on Twitter, there are so many slashes and dollar signs and freaking <laughs> numerical pages <laughs> at symbols. Yes, That's true. You never know. Then I would say I would say Dumbledore and Grindelwald. Ooh, oh yeah. I would say uh, Fleur Hermione, and yes, I can make it up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can make it up. But, I think Ben would say that too. Probably, you should write that yeah. story. Actually, I'm joining yeah. Micah's ship. Uh, uh, yeah, so, uh, what's that? That'd be so cool if you became some famous erotic fiction writer. <laughs> you, <laughs> you had like a handle, like miss something, like like <laughs> I, I can't think of something. That would be amazing. But that would be insane. And if you made millions out of it, and then they had had you on Oprah, and then like that'd be so cool. All right, next question is from Soccer Manic, something like that. I was just looking at movie ratings and saw that the Terminator movie is PG-13, while all the other ones have been rated R. MPAA equals laid back. And that is what Twitter so. does to language nowadays. Look at that. It says MPAA <laughs> yeah. equals laid B-A-K. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, well, you're yeah. absolutely right. It's Soccer not maniac. helping me. Maniac. It's not helping writers. That's not. But, um, yeah, I... I I don't know. We, we t- talked about it earlier, so yeah. we won't spend time on it again, but it is pretty messed up. Uh, next one comes from the Weasley clan. After the Battle of Hogwarts, how or who do you think the trio first shared their tale adventure with? So, you know, the story all got wrapped up, and then who who was the first, you know, group or person do you think they told? J.K. Rowling. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A publisher. Who said that? Or could it have been their, their best friends or... And told the Weasley. I could see them all going back to the Weasley house. And who's going to believe it? Like, 
Well, well they were all there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were all kind of there, yeah. They oh, right. Rita Skeeter. So do you mean, like, they talked about it? Like, they talked about yeah. it with each other? They were right. like, oh, right. that was horrible, that bit. and Yeah. I bet it was, like, one-upmanship, like, who had a worse time, and then Harry just stepped in and was like, I died. <laughs> Came and back then together. Emma and Ron, or Hermione yeah. and Ron were like, oh, yeah, you win. So, in a way, George actually didn't have that bad a time. He just... No, he was... Had his ear blown yeah. off. I'd rather die than die and come back. I mean, you don't want to see death and come back, do Dude, you? this is like no, the crushed thing. Just stop while you're in. Yeah. <laughs> All right, final two questions now. Uh, this next one's from Cameo Eric. Will you be doing another 24-hour live podcast again? Well, it was 12-hour. It was but... 12, wasn't it? And, <laughs> yeah. Andrew, your stamina was incredible. Halfway through, oh, I was just like... <laughs> Well, y- you had time working against you. I mean, it was late. Uh, well, or... yeah, but that is true. That is true. So, um, yeah, I-, I don't know if I have another 12 hours in me. I don't think we could do it for MuggleCast. I think if we made it just a general discussion for 12 hours or something, we could definitely do it. But we couldn't call it a MuggleCast 12-hour live show. That's true, because it wouldn't be about Harry Potter. Then we could be I mean, so that much. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe someday we'll try attempt something like that again. That could be fun. Well, I wouldn't mind actually doing it, too. Well, I have a thing to say here. I, um, mm-hmm. uh, me and my girlfriend want to go traveling and doing like a project, like a charity project. So if people want to hear another like um, podcast thing, because I know Mason did one for for his charity, did he? Did he do one right. for his charity? Yeah. Like, like yeah, the American Cancer Society. Yeah, that's it. Like, I'd be up for doing a twenty-four hour thing to try and raise some money for charity and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Well, yeah, if those uh, plans turn into something more. Let us know. All right, so cool. like a telethon. You are? Yeah, like a t- like a telethon. What's it? what do you mean like a telephone? It's like it's like a call in where it's a live show and people call on and do oh, yeah, yeah. and there's special guests. And, yeah, J- yeah, yeah, Jamie, yeah. you could give them sex advice. <laughs> no, no, the, that's Mike's job now that he's turning into an <laughs> erotic fiction writer. <laughs> uh, I love how Jamie always takes jokes said throughout the show he and brings a full circle. Them all. Yeah, I think that's why people love Jamie so much because he, he connects with Thanks. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> not because he has an accent. I love that you has too. Nothing I to lo- do with it. <laughs> I love you too. Okay. Well, last question is from Diana Bow. What are your plans for Azcatraz? How many of you guys are going to the midnight release there? This makes me um, sad. Time to break news. Yeah, I don't think Jamie's going. I want to go. But we are going to have a MuggleCast meetup, and we are going to have a. Eric, are you going? Yeah, well, it's not a midnight release anymore. Yeah, we're going to do it a few hours earlier. We've still got to figure out that, that whole panel yeah. thing. So it might not but, be... I, I mean, I think it'd be cool if it was still midnight, but there's no point. There's And, and not only because I'm upset with the WB removing the day, but, um, but they're actually... I mean, you guys... Azcatraz is at the mercy of the uh, IMAX theater at the moment. Um, yeah, exactly. Because the IMAX theater no longer has or no longer will have a midnight show. So basically, the IMAX theater has to tell Azcatraz what time but, they can see the movie. So yeah, they're working on it. But uh, yeah, It I'll will be, be earlier in the night. We heard like around 8 or 9 o'clock, so we would have the podcast I heard no that. sooner than 10, but at the same time, uh, a 10 o'clock show would get done at midnight, and then we'd have the live podcast around 12.30 or so. That's, you know, that sounds good. Right. Um, anyway, Regardless, I'll, yeah, we're I'll still be going to go see it. What about you guys? Yeah, um, um, all yeah. of us, the rest of us will yeah. besides Jamie. Oh, Whose dog's going to be there? 
Uh, my dog won't be, Eric's. but that's him barking. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're all, we're also going to do a MuggleCast meetup thing in Askertraz where we just sit around and chat with everyone, and we'll order pizza for everyone, and it'll be a lot of fun. Um, and also, a we're going to do a how to podcast thing. Um, a couple of us, I'm going to wrangle oh, a couple so cheap. of us into uh, how to podcast. No, it's going to be a fun little thing. We don't know how to podcast. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm the master. I'm the podcast master. How to strike it big <laughs> on iTunes. Well, yeah, that's sort of what we could inform people to. Um, and But just one other thing. If you're not going to Azcatraz, of course, now that the movie's coming out a couple days beforehand, I thought we could do a live show on Ustream July 15th. So pres- presumably everyone will go see it, you know, uh, July 14th, the midnight release. So it'll be the night of July 14th. And then we'll do one of the following afternoon. Um, and so that could be a fun way to interact with uh, our listeners. And I'm sure idea. a lot of people, yeah. you know, I'm sure a lot of people would be down for that. Well, plus so. seeing an IMAX is a special thing altogether. So it's not like Azcatraz is, is not getting something special for us. Like yeah, exactly. The, but, you know, because seeing an IMAX is a big deal. I mean, I'm sure in LA they have IMAXs everywhere, but. Not everywhere. No. In in the US, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a big deal, I think, still to me seeing an IMAX. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, it's gonna be awesome. So there was our Twitter question mailbag, and um, that was fun to just go through a lot of random questions. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll do that again next time. Now here's something else that we're gonna try uh, new for the first time. Um, as a lot of people know, uh, we have the wonderful MuggleNet fan fiction at fanfiction.mugglenet.com, and they recently started something called Audio Fix. And it's uh, it's it's basically a podcast, but every episode is a reading of a fan fiction. And the audiofic people came to us and said, "Hey, could we uh, get involved with MuggleCast somehow too to promote it and all that?" And you know, I thought it'd be a great idea because in these days where we don't have you know as much new to talk about with Harry Potter, let's just face it, uh, especially book wise at least, um, you know, uh, something like this would work pretty well for the show. So we selected a story. Um, for the first audio effect to be included here on MuggleCast, uh-huh. and we're about to play it for you now. But first, here's Rosie from MuggleNet Fan Fiction to tell you briefly about audio fictions and to intro the story. Rosie? Hi, everyone. I'm Roxy Black from MuggleNet Fan Fiction, and I'm here to tell you all about audio fictions. Since January, we've been recording a selection of our favorite fan fictions from our very own authors and releasing them as a podcast known as Audio Fictions. Every episode contains a chapter or a full fiction from our archives, and our team of Murmuggles release new episodes or chapters on a near-daily basis. If you don't like reading stories on your screen, you can now download our stories and take them away with you to listen to wherever and whenever you like. This story was released as episode 11. It's read by the lovely Carole and was written by Terry, a.k.a. Mudblood Proud. It's called Trials of a Best Man. Enjoy! dead well if he is it's your fault you're the one who knocked him off the couch hey the rule is whoever can get and keep the couch gets to sleep on it he passed out and i was still awake so i pushed him off and took the couch for myself i didn't force him to drink all that fire whiskey with james sirius lay perfectly still on the floor he listened as two of his best friends whispered from above him at least now he knew how he came to be in such an undignified position peter had shoved him off the couch last night 
Should we wake him? Peter asked. Let him be. We still have a couple of hours, Remus answered. Let's go have some breakfast. Sirius heard the two of them walk out of the room and into the kitchen. Gingerly, he moved his head to look at his watch. He was pleasantly surprised he only had a slight headache after last night's drinking. He would imagine James, though, had one hell of a headache. He drank as much as Sirius did and always seemed to suffer more the next day. Closing his eyes again, he listened to Peter and Remus in the kitchen. He could easily pick out each voice. Wait, there are three voices in the kitchen, he thought. James must already be up. Now, should I just get up or make James come in and wake me? Before Sirius could make his mind up one way or another, he heard someone come in from the kitchen. The next thing he knew, this someone had thrown a glass of water in his face. Jumping up, he spluttered, What in Merlin's name did you do that for? Standing in front of Sirius was not only James, who was holding the now empty glass, but Remus and Peter as well. All three were laughing uncontrollably. Figured you needed a wake-up call, James answered. I was awake, Sirius muttered, catching the towel Remus threw at him. Sure you were. You were out for the count not two minutes ago when Peter and I were in here. No, I was awake listening to the two of you. Nice to know you'd be upset if I was dead, Sirius said grumpily. I'm going to take a shower. Stalking off, Sirius could hear the laughter of his best friends following him up the stairs. Entering the kitchen a while later, Sirius looked around. Where's James? Upstairs getting ready, Peter answered. He's just a bit anxious to get this over with, Remus added. Shaking his head, Sirius headed back upstairs to check on James. He knew he didn't have to worry about James getting cold feet, but he wouldn't put it past him to try and see Lily this morning. He didn't bother knocking on the bedroom door. Such formalities didn't exist between friends. As he entered the bedroom, he found James sitting on the bed, staring at his hands. Prongs, you OK? he asked as he sat down beside him. Can I ask you something? James asked quietly. Of course, anything, you know that. Why is she marrying me? Just a couple of years ago, she hated me. You don't think she started going out with me and agreed to marry me because of... James hesitated. Sirius knew what James was asking. He took a deep breath, trying to calm down before he answered, You bloody well know she is not marrying you because of that... He took another deep breath and finished, Miserable, lying son of a... He stopped himself before he ruined the decent mood he was in. Sirius stood and started pacing around the room. James, she loves you. Personally, I think she always did. She just couldn't admit it to herself. James looked up at him. The haunted look in his eyes tore at Sirius's heart. Walking over, he stooped down in front of his best friend. Listen to me. Lily is not the type of woman to date or marry someone to spite someone else. Sirius reached out and grabbed James by the shoulders, shaking him slightly. If you ever even think that thought again, let alone let Lily know you had that thought... I will take you out back and beat you until you realise what a wonderful woman you have in, Lily. James looked at Sirius. Smiling, he said, What are we sitting here for? I'm getting married in an hour. We need to get to Lily's parents' house. Chuckling, Sirius stood, and together they walked downstairs. Along with Remus and Peter, they apparated to the field behind the Evans' home. The Evanses had moved into this little house just last year. The Order had placed various charms and protection spells on the home to keep them safe. Walking back through the back gate, Sirius noticed Mr and Mrs Potter standing with Mr and Mrs Evans. He had to smile as he saw James walk up behind his mum and draw her into a big hug. As Sirius, Remus and Peter approached the group, they heard James ask Mrs Evans where Lily was. 
She's upstairs talking to Albus. He wanted a few words alone with her, she answered, smiling. James turned to Sirius. Can you go and check on her, mate? I know I can't, but will you? Sirius knew deep down that James still worried Lily would not marry him. Though they were deeply in love, he knew James still sometimes had a hard time believing his good fortune with Lily. Sure, you stay here with Remus and Peter. I'll go check on your bride, Sirius said. He gave a mischievous wink to James and walked away. He was going up the stairs as Professor Dumbledore was coming down them. Let me guess, Dumbledore said. James sent you to check on Lily, perhaps to make sure she was still going to marry him? Yeah, he's a bit nervous she's going to change her mind. <laughs> like that would happen, Sirius answered, shaking his head. I will go and attempt to calm him down. Lily is in her room. Last door on the right. Dumbledore patted Sirius on the shoulder and continued down the stairs. Knocking gently on the door, Sirius called, Lily, it's Sirius. Can I come in? Yes. Sirius opened the door and slowly walked in. He was surprised to see Lily sitting on the bed, head bent, staring at her engagement ring. He couldn't help but realise she was sitting exactly as James had been sitting an hour ago. Lily, sweetheart, what's wrong? Sirius asked as he stooped down in front of her as he had with James earlier. When she looked at him, he was shocked to see tears in her eyes. Not hesitating for a second, he stood and sat next to her on the bed and drew her into his arms. Hush! Come on, tell old Padfoot what's wrong, Sirius said quietly. It's just, well, it's my wedding day and... Lily stopped and turned her head into Sirius's chest and began to cry. Lily, what is it? You want to marry James, don't you? Sirius was getting scared now. What if she said she didn't want to marry James? No, it had to be something else. After a few minutes, Sirius felt Lily take a deep breath. She pulled back slightly before she tried again to tell him what was wrong. I don't care that I'm not having the big princess-type wedding I'd planned as a child. I really don't. It doesn't matter as long as James and I get married. It's just... I always thought... We had always planned... Once again, Lily stopped. Petunia and I always planned to have big weddings and to be at each other's side when we got married. At least we did until I found out I was a witch. Lily took another deep breath and said in a rush, She refused to come today. She said she didn't want to be around freaks. Oh, sweetheart, it's okay... I mean, it's not okay, but it is. Sirius knew he was messing this up. He didn't have much experience with hysterical females. At least not this type of hysterical. Anger he could deal with, but tears? Lily's tears made him feel helpless. He knew he had to do something to cheer her up, to take her mind off the fact that her sister was not going to be there. Lily, can I ask you a question? Of course you can. I might even have an answer for you, Lily said, smiling slightly. Do you want to ditch this place and run away with me? I can make you happier than that fool of a potter. Lily didn't answer at first. In fact, serious, she seemed to be considering it. Then raising herself up, she kissed him on the cheek. Serious, I love James and I am marrying him today. You would just have to get over me and find a nice girl of your own. Lily chuckled as she finished speaking. Lily, what makes him so special? What does he have that I don't, Sirius asked. He had asked her to run away with him as a joke, but he realised he really wanted to know what James had that made Lily fall in love with him. Lily looked Sirius in the eye before saying simply, My heart. Nodding, Sirius stood. He held out his hand to her and said, Well, come on then, let's get you two married. 
Assyria stood next to James in front of the wizard performing the wedding ceremony. He looked over at Lily. She was absolutely breathtaking. It wasn't just the dress she was wearing. Her face radiated pure love when she looked at James. Sirius felt a moment of pure jealousy and envy over their love. As the wizard smiled and said, You are now bonded for life, he felt a chill run up his spine. He looked around quickly, but the only people there were the few guests Lily and James had invited to the wedding. Shrugging off the weird sensation, he followed behind the new Mr and Mrs Potter at the end of the aisle. As he reached them, he pulled Lily into a hug and gave her a kiss on the cheek. Then turning to James, he held out his hand. But instead of shaking hands with James, he pulled James into a hug too. An hour later, Sirius was sitting with the newlywed couple, enjoying a wonderful dinner cooked by Lily's mother. He knew in a few moments he would be expected to make some sort of speech. He, of course, hadn't given it more than a passing thought before now. As the plates from dinner were being cleared, Sirius stood. He tapped lightly on the side of his glass to get everyone's attention. Ladies and gentlemen, he began, being true to form, I didn't write a speech. It seemed too much like homework, and I rarely did that on time, so why change? Sirius waited for the laughter to die down before continuing. Eight years ago, I was sitting on a train talking to this boy I'd just met. Across from us sat this little red-headed girl who was crying softly as she stared out of the window. Little did either of us know we would be here to watch that boy and that little red-headed girl get married. I remember that night in our room when James told me he would marry Lily one day. I know I laughed at him. He asked me if I wanted to bet on it. I, of course, said I would. So on September the 1st, 1971, a bet was made. Sirius turned to James as he reached into the pocket of his robe. Pulling out a handful of galleons, he handed them to James. I believe I owe you ten galleons. At Lily's gasp, Sirius turned to her. Lily, it's okay. I let him win. He had to succeed at something. James and Lily both laughed at this. Smiling, Sirius turned back to the small group gathered in the yard. Just this morning, James was worried Lily wouldn't marry him. Then when we got here, I went to talk to Lily. He glanced at Lily and winked. I gave her the chance to run away with me, to forget about James and be happy with me. Do you know what she told me? She told me no. When I asked what James had that I didn't, she told me simply her heart. Sirius moved over to stand behind James and Lily. He placed a hand on each of their shoulders. Ladies and gentlemen, sitting here in front of you is the perfect example of love. Leaning down, he kissed Lily on the cheek. He looked at James and on impulse placed a light kiss on his cheek too. He whispered in James's ear, Didn't want you to be jealous, mate. Standing, he held his glass up and said, To Mr and Mrs James Potter, may your life be filled with all the happiness, joy and love that can be found on this earth. Sirius waited for the cheers of agreement to stop. James, you have shown us all your unexpected wisdom and your good taste in loving and marrying Lily and your understanding of reality in your selection of me as the best man. Even though I may be the best, today you have the most luck. Sirius raised his glass and tipped it towards James. Lily, your answer to my question before was just the answer I had been expecting. I am honoured to have been a part of your wedding, and I have only one thing to say. He paused for a brief moment. Better you than me. I lived with him for years, and let me tell you... Sirius stopped talking at the look on James's face and started laughing instead. Bending down so his head was between Lily and James, he whispered to her, 
What I really wanted to say was congratulations. You're now a marauder by marriage. Standing, he went back to his seat. As Remus and Peter each stood and made toasts, Sirius let his mind wander back over the past eight years. He couldn't help but smile at how far they had all come in their friendship and in their love for one another. The four marauders were now five. Times change, but this change was a good thing. He also made a secret wish, a wish he would never tell anyone. As the first star came out in the sky, Sirius looked at it and made his wish. I wish for all of us to always be this happy. All right, so there's our very first audio fic on the show. We're interested to hear your feedback about it. We all really enjoyed the story, but we want to know what you think of, uh, you know, what you thought of the story, and if you think it's a good thing to have here on MuggleCast. And if you do, we'll start including them more. Uh, maybe if you thought it was too short or it was too long, let us know. Um, send uh, Go to MuggleCast.com, click on Contact at the top, and send in your feedback about that. All right, Jamie, here's a segment now that people have been waiting for oh, for no. a long time to return. It's called the British Joke of the Day. It's been around since probably episode three or four of MuggleCast. <laughs> And here we are at the 174th episode, oh, don't say it and like we're that. dying to hear another British show. Don't say it like that. Well, I might have a few. Might... Do you guys know what a blacksmith is? I don't know if that's a yes. British term or... No, it's it's used over here, too. All right, all right. Well, um, why do I call my dog blacksmith? Why is that? Because every time I kick him in the bum, he makes a bolt for the door. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's one. Here's one. My girlfriend told me this. It is, um... The, what's the difference between a weasel and a stoat? What is it? Um, a weasel's weaselly recognisable and a stoat's totally different. <laughs> 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 I, I like how your girlfriend left in the, left in the background. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cracked yourself up. I like it, and I had one more, but this is not... This is weird. I got this, uh, online. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Um, okay, a frog okay. goes into a bank and approaches the teller. He can see from her nameplate that the teller's name is Patricia Wack. So he says, Mrs. Wack, I'd like to get a loan to buy a boat and go on a long vacation. Patty looks at the frog in disbelief and asks how much he wants to borrow. The frog says $30,000. The teller asks his name, and the frog says that his name is Kermit Jagger. His dad is Mick Jagger, and that it, it is okay because he knows the bank manager. Patty explains that 30000 is a lot of money, and he'll need to secure some collateral against the loan. She asks if he has anything he can use as collateral. The frog says, sure, I have this, and produces a tiny pink porcelain pick about half an inch tall. Um, it's bright pink and perfectly formed, because that's important. Very confused, Patty explains that she'll have to consult with the manager and disappears into a back office. She finds the manager and says, There is a frog called Kermit Jagger out there who claims to know you and wants to borrow 30000 He wants to use this as collateral. She holds up the tiny pink pig um, and says, What the hell is this? And then the manager comes out and says, It's a knick-knack patty-whack. Give the frog a loan. His old man's a rolling stone. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. All, All right. right. Well, I think I'm done with there the There we jokes. go, Jamie. I, th I think you've redeemed yourself for the long wait we've all had for another British show. Oh, that felt so good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to wrap things up today with a chicken soup for the MuggleCast soul, and Matt's going to read it. Okay. Uh, this episode's chicken soup for the MuggleCast soul comes from Esther14 from Constock Park, um, Michigan. And she writes, Dear MuggleCasters, 
I have what I hope you will use as a chicken soup for the MuggleCast soul on your show. I am an avid listener of both MuggleCast and the Leaky Cauldron's podcast, Pottercast. I love your show and really appreciate what you do. I am the ultimate Harry Potter geek. Therefore, I get a lot of teasing and weird looks from my peers, especially when I talk about and express my feelings for the Harry Potter books. I'm showing my genuine love for something that has made me who I am and brought me joy like nothing ever has, can or will. And they tell me to my face that they think that that's stupid. Whenever I hear that's so geeky, the sound of it causes agony like nothing but a thousand heartbreaks could cause. It makes me feel so alone. But then I can just pull out my iPod and hit play. Then I can hear your voices, and I am reminded that I am not alone. That there are people out there who understand and who give me something that makes me laugh out loud. Sometimes cry and just give mature conversations, sometimes, that my friends and peers cannot provide. So thank you. Thank you so much. You are my one and only link to the Harry Potter fandom, and I cannot express what you do for me on a daily basis. Thank you a thousand times over, Esther. Okay, that brought oh, it thank all back. You, Esther. That brought That was very back. nice. Yes, there you go, Jamie. <laughs> that was a very nice email. Yeah, I mean, I, I admit it. Like, when I started out, you know, like, when we started with the show, I was such a social outcast. Like, I, oh, my God. You? I can't even begin to really? tell you guys. Yeah. But the the podcast really helped me um, become more social and uh, hopefully can help others, too. And we're glad to hear that it helps Esther. Esther, you weren't you know, a social to, outcast, uh, were you? Listen to us. What's that? You would. Yeah, he you? did his school's. He did his high school's news, man. I did that. Well, that makes. Oh, I did that as well. Hey, no, that's that's no, that has something to do. with <laughs> Social. I was the most social I was was in TV Tech. Those guys rocked. Uh, yeah, TV Tech is cool. Yeah, yeah. Everybody wants to be part of TV Steve Tech. Steve Capello, right? Jamie? Oh yeah, you know him. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, that wraps up our show today. We just want to remind everybody about our contact information before we let everyone go. If you'd like to uh, call in to the MuggerCast hotline with a voicemail question, a comment, or a listener rebuttal, um, in the United States, dial one two one eight twenty magic And if you're in the United Kingdom, you can dial 020-814-0677. You can also Skype the username MuggleCast to leave your message. But no matter how you do it, just remember to try to keep it under a minute and uh, eliminate as much background noise as possible. Also on MuggleCast.com, we have a handy feedback form you can get to by clicking the contact link. And uh, you'll see there you can contact any one of us. Or just use our first name at staff.mugglenet.com. And uh, that's the best way you could send in a rebuttal about today's show. Um, and don't forget our community outlets. We have uh, the Twitter at or twitter.com slash MuggleCast. And you can also fan us on Facebook. Vote for us once a month at Podcast Alley. And you can also visit us on our MySpace, YouTube, Frapper, Last.fm, and also the fan listing in the forums at MuggleCastFan.net. That would have been cool if I'd been like, Andrew, I'll handle this. And I'd have been like, if you want to send uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I remember everybody. Remembered everything. All right. For, well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Jamie, it was great having you back it's on the show. It's been great to be back. I want to come on next time, if possible. Maybe. Oh, oh definitely. Definitely, yeah. And All we'll right, work cool. on a good discussion for next time as well. All right. Awesome. All right. Thanks, everyone, again, for listening. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Matt Britton. I'm Mike Tannenbaum. And I'm Jamie Lawrence. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next time for episode 175. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Goodbye now. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye now. Bye. Later.
By the way, let's get right into it. What? Sorry, can I say quickly? I think this show could yeah. be epic because it's May the fourth, and do you remember that awesome Star Wars marketing thing that they had when the film got released on May fourth, and they said, "May the fourth be with you." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Everyone, everyone's saying that on Twitter today. Today's oh, like really? Star Wars day. It's the Twitter trend. <laughs> so, what's happening with Twitter now? Is it actually huge? I've shown. Oh yeah, it's totally, it. main, it's totally mainstream. Google um, bought it, didn't it? No, no. I don't actually, so, but... funny you should say that because. I just started reading this technology blog today that talks about that, and it said there's no way Google's going to buy it because they can't really spend a billion dollars when they still haven't like monetized YouTube and like found out how to make oh, huge yeah, amounts true. of money off that. That's true. Yeah, we didn't they spend two point five million dollars on Twitter? I thought that they bought it. And two they... point no, no, no. <laughs> two point five million. They'll buy like <laughs> one of their servers or something. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't. Yeah, Twitter's going to go for a lot more than that. But anyway, uh, let's get into <laughs> that. Concludes today's tech talk. So yeah. Let's save the uh, exhibition thing for the end because it's sort of right. in the middle of the movie stuff. Can so. I add uh, one thing in here? Ask a quick yeah. question to all you. Have you have any of you seen Wolverine yet? Yeah. Yes. How Fantastic. good was it? No. It was, it was all right. It was fun Aww. to see, but I don't think it was that well made. It, it, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of agree. It with is that. not Actually, in the same no, league as X and X two, um, but X three. Yeah, I still enjoyed it. You know, not. I did. But at the same time, I would enjoy anything with Hugh Jackman that lasted two hours. Hopefully. Oh, <laughs> someone yeah. has a crush. <laughs> you love Hugh Jackman. Huge, huge Jackman. Huge Jackman. Plus, it was good to see Don Monahan again. After yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. like ten minutes, and then you get. Oh, sorry. And and Kimi from Lost. Micah, have you seen the movie? Yet? I have not. Uh, you should. You should right. watch it. Go see. No it. offense, guys, but we're trailing way too off. Wait, too, Wait too are we even leaving topic. us in the show? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, it just takes up. Do it. It's randomness. Time. But Jamie's back. Right. They'll love it.